0: been an interesting week of basketball in the big 12 starting with texas tech's close win over kansas state and most importantly including kansas's big upset at the hands of tcu we'll take a look at what that means for texas tech coming into the big 12 tournament in the last week of the big 12 regular season as well as answer a couple of your questions from this week's mailbag on today's episode of locked on texas tech you are locked on texas tech Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Lock on Texas Tech your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Today, we're going to be covering some of the Big 12 basketball corners that's taking place this week. I'm Emory Lyta doing this solo today. Ryan will be back tomorrow. Um, thankfully, we've been able to seek some of the Big 12 action unfold this week as Tech played on Monday, which is kind of it's kind of sad to see it's a senior it was a senior night obviously tech wrapped up at 18 and 0 home stand if you want to check out our thoughts from that game both good and bad you can check out our recap podcast that we recorded on Monday night that went live on Tuesday but man since we last recorded this has been one of the stranger weeks in the big 12 you had Iowa State just last night dropping only 36 points in a loss to Oklahoma State you had TCU's mega upset over or TCU's mega upset over Kansas making their second straight upset in 3 days. And now you have Baylor back in a prime position to take the Big 12 championship, which just a couple of weeks ago did not seem all that likely after they lost JTT and it looked like things were going really bad for them. So really this week has sort of shaped up the conference race. And one of the more interesting things about it is that Tech is now still mathematically alive for the Big 12 championship. Now, they're going to need some help. They're going to need either Kansas there's going to need either Texas or TCU to beat Kansas this week, whether it be TCU tonight in Lawrence or, or Texas on Saturday in Lawrence, and they're going to need Baylor to lose at home to Iowa State. So that's a couple of things that aren't particularly likely and obviously tech has to take care of business against Oklahoma State, but it's doable all of the all three of those events could happen and. I think that's pretty amazing to think that Mark Adams is down to the last game. That's going to come down to Saturday afternoon as to whether or not he gets a share of the big 12 regular season title, which coming into the year, if you had told tech fans that it would have been really unexpected just because of the amount of talent this team lost from last year, kind of the unknown that comes with having a new coach and having a group of guys that, well, they had a lot of success at the previous schools. Think about taking and Warren being top 10 and scoring in the nation Bryson Williams, obviously, really good at UTEP. You had Kevin O'Banner coming in, so you had all of these guys, but you didn't really know exactly how they would fit in. But to be close to a Big 12 championship in the first season was amazing. And obviously, you had a few games you wish you kind of had back, whether it be the game in Norman, the game in Manhattan, or most recently the close loss in Fort Worth over the weekend. But still, this is a this is a team that's overachieved and. I think that you have to look at the way that this Big 12 season has unfolded. And even if Tech falls up, falls a little bit short on Saturday and if they end up losing to Oklahoma State or if the, the dominoes don't fall in place, this has still been a successful season because Baylor and Kansas are two of the best teams in the nation. And to go three and one against them to be within arm's distance of sharing the conference championship with them is pretty incredible. And especially considering Tech really did so without a whole lot of variance or luck in the conference play you look at the fact that they've had one of the worst shooting seasons in big 12 history you look at how they've really struggled at times to play offense on the road and have had some maybe bad luck with certain players going off in opportune times to be able to still be this close on the conference race is pretty amazing and for me that's the thing this weekend, obviously, you have Oklahoma State, which will Ryan will do a full blown preview tomorrow on. And I'm excited to hear about that. And I think Oklahoma State's obviously a decent team. But even then, like going into March, you have to be very optimistic about this team. Even if there's some things to fix, the first seasons undoubtedly have been a success for Mark Adams. The 12 wins are the second most you've had in Big 12 play, tied with the 20. 20- 2018 team and in general this is just a team that has looked so good at various points throughout the season and a lot isn't really at our control when it comes to the conference race you're going to end up probably playing Iowa State in the conference tournament if things hold like they do today which we'll get into in a few minutes but certainly regardless of that it's been a good season you're going to have a chance to get a conference tournament conference championship on Saturday and at worst you're going to be the three seed in the Big 12 which is a good place to be in the Big 12 tournament not gonna to have to worry anything about seeding as far as Q1 losses go literally the worst that can happen in the Big 12 tournament with that seed is you lose to an Iowa State or a TCU in game one and you just move on and like that's it's a good position to be in because there's a lot of teams out there they're gonna to have to be sweating against Q2 or Q3 opponents and then on the flip side there's a lot of teams that have to get these Q1 wins to be able to make the tournament. And so to be in this position where the conference tournament can really only help you is something that I think the tech is really going to benefit from. And we'll get into the conference tournament in just a second. I think just to kind of conclude on the regular season, that being able to close out against Oklahoma State, obviously leaving the door open for a potential big 12 championship and seeing what TCU did to Kansas, if they can do that tonight and Lawrence, suddenly the door becomes a lot more wide open to the minimum snag the second place in the conference but certainly being in that position is great and you go into the conference tournament you have a shot to build on your resume at worst right now you look like you're going to be a three seed so a lot going well coming up next though we're going to talk about the conference tournament and just exactly what techniques to do in it to maximize their positions of walking out of Kansas City with a potential two seed and a conference championship in hand but first we have a message from runyourpool.com Marsh Madness is only about two and a half weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, RunYourPool offer game types like Survivor or Pick X. Both are very fun in their own way, by the way. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All of this is stuff that you won't find at the big bracket competitions like ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness, magic, and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you will ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool, because like I said, we're planning on running our brackets there ourselves, and there's no truer test than that. I am very sensitive about my brackets, and so to be able to run on Run Your Pool, I've got a lot of confidence in them. If you want to play against us for a shot at at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing you and beating you there. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown, March 14th, right here on Locked On Texas Tech podcast feed and on the YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, our good friend Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. You will not want to miss that. But first... Before we get into the big NCAA tournament, the conference tournament has to take place. And for Texas, type this kind of an interesting position you're in because, like I said, if you take care of business against Oklahoma State on Saturday, suddenly every single potential game that you can have in the Big 12 tournament is more than likely going to be a Q1 win or loss, even if you snag the two seed. The only way that could end up not being the case is if you get the one seed, West Virginia upsets Kansas State in the tournament, and then you lose to West Virginia. But the odds of all of that happening are pretty slim. So more than likely, Tech's going to go into the conference tournament with the worst case being they rack up another Q1 loss. And the best case being they go through three straight Q1 wins and add really a lot of different, a lot more sort of beef to their resume, which is already really good with seven top 25 wins a whole host of q1 wins and really nothing bad outside of q1 so for tech going to the conference tournament there's really not a whole lot of stress certainly you would have liked to have been able to be in play for the one seed i don't think that's going to happen i think even a two seed you're gonna have to make it to the second or third match in kansas city to really have a shot at that but just to be in this position this late in the season like i mentioned in the first segment it's nice and Really, only a couple other teams in the Big 12 had that sort of luxury. Obviously, Texas is coming into with a similar sort of their end. They're probably locked into a fourth or a fifth seed, so kind of got nothing to lose in in Kansas City. And then, obviously, you've got teams like TCU, which have already done the legwork to be able to get themselves off the bubble, so that's nice for them. The rest of the teams, you've got Oklahoma and Kansas State they are going to be in desperation mode. You've got Iowa State that can really help themselves out by adding a couple more Q1 wins and kind of make the – case for them leaping up just because of kind of how much of a conference slide they had in the mid part of the conference season. And then you've got Kansas and Baylor who really their margin of being on the one line is really razor thin and you could see them end up as a one seed or a three seed depending on how these last this last week works out so Tech's a team that really is kind of in no man's land in the sense that they don't really have a lot to gain. They can probably get up to two seed by winning the tournament, but they really also don't have a lot to lose because even if they go one and done, you're probably not going to fall off of the three line just from losing to a team like Iowa State. So for Tech, this is something that, I mean, it's good to be in that situation. The only thing I would rather have had is had a chance at a one seed, but certainly having the opportunity to be sort of locked in and really only being able to help yourself is something that a lot of teams look forward to in the March. And It's nice to not be on the bubble. It's nice to really be certain about the resume and know that at the end of the day, you have enough Q1 wins now that you're going to be a high seed in the tournament. And the rest of the season, it's a 30-game sample at this point of Tech being a really good team. And you don't need a three-game sample in Kansas City to somehow prove the the bracket makers that you're in the right there. So for the selection committee, Tech's going to be – Probably a more straightforward case to evaluate than some other teams that are in the Big 12, certainly. I mean, Oklahoma and Kansas State, for example, like what you do if they get all the way to the final of the conference tournament and then lose? Like it's going to be pure madness. You're going to see teams like that. I mean, nine of the 10 teams in the Big 12 are top 60 in Ken Palm and Bartovic. That's pretty incredible. You've got probably the strongest conference from top to bottom that I can remember. And I know the Big 12 has had some really good years over the last few years and you've had years where one through eight or one through nine was all really good but this year literally any road game is a q1 game just because of how good the bottom tier of the big 12 is i mean you still got west virginia which even though they've really slumped in big 12 play they're still a team that picked up q1 wins in their non-conference schedule they're still a top 70 team by most metrics and you look around the country and that's just simply not the case so you go into the conference tournament season and you're really able to not have to worry about the depth of competition. A team like West Virginia can make a run to the conference tournament championship, and it would not be all that surprising. And that just speaks to just how loaded this conference is, just how loaded the talent level is in the conference. And and this has been a fun year to cover the big 12. I think that, Obviously, you wish it had gone Texas way and they'd end up with a regular season championship. But Scott Drew's done a good job of Baylor, kind of riding the ship after injuries. And obviously, after all they lost after the national championship last year, Kansas is always going to be up there. You've got Tech. You've got Texas with Chris Beard kind of at times making a real run at the top tier of the conference. And then other times just kind of fading away. And then the mid-tier has been really fun. You've had TCU kind of emerging over the course of the season. You've got Iowa State started out the season red hot and kind of come back on late until – until last night but that's a different story and just in general this season in the big 12 had a lot of storylines hopefully it ends up with seven bids i think it's more than likely that you're just going to have six teams in the tournament which are going to be kansas baylor texas tech texas tcu and iowa state but all six of those teams are capable of making it to the second weekend i think iowa state's probably the one question mark just with the offense being so volatile But even then, I mean they've shown the ability to hang with really good teams and even pick up some nice wins. So for them, this is kind of playing on house money, anyways. So just to see them in the tournament, it's nice to see. Then obviously, the other teams. I mean, TCU is red hot right now. You've got Texas who plays really good defense. You got tech, which same sort of deal. And we'll talk more extensively on our end about what we think tech can do in the tournament coming up next week and the week after. But certainly, spoiler, I think they can go pretty far if things go right. But Beyond that, you've got national championship contenders in Kansas and Baylor, in addition to potentially Tech. And just in general, this is a stacked conference. And regardless of what happens in Kansas City, I think you can come away from the season knowing that. And people are going to point to the Big Twelve Scc challenge, but I really think that was kind of more on the lines of just having some unfavorable matchups. But at the end of the day, in the conference tournament, I think the goal for Tech should just be make sure you knock off your first round opponent. Give the second round opponent, which is almost guaranteed to be one if Kansas or Baylor run for their money and go from there, because at the end of the day, all the teams in Big 12 are good. You've got other teams that have much more desperation in this tournament than you do. And for Tech, it's just about continuing to bolster the resume. I think the resume already has a lot of groundwork, especially if you beat Oklahoma State at another Q1 win with a win in Stillwater. That's going to do a lot for you. But certainly there's a lot riding on this on this conference tournament for a lot of teams, but tech isn't one of them. So just being able to get out of it without any injuries, maybe add a Q1 one or two, have some fun, get ready for March. Make sure you're not making the same offensive mistakes that you've made the last couple of games. I think things will be all right. But coming up next, I'm going to address some of the questions that you had for us in our mailbag that we posted on Twitter a couple of days ago and really start covering baseball for the first time in a long time. So Looking forward to that. But first, I have a message from BetOnline. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full stream, steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds total player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Write to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Access Tech your first listen every day. We are back and we are ready for the third and final segment, which we're going to be talking about some of the questions that you guys ask us on Twitter. Thank you for the couple people that made sure to chime in and give us some insight. Certainly, we're all for kind of adding in more more discussion and sort of interacting with you guys on Twitter. If you haven't already, there's a new group about Texas Tech Athletics as part of the trend that tech or that Twitter has done with communities. I encourage you to try to join. You can reach out to Ben Golan, Chase Chaplin. There's a lot of guys from Red Ridge Sports that have admin access on that. And they they will let you into that. And so that's where one of our questions came from. And certainly. We're gonna keep doing more Q and As down the line, so be sure to check us out on there and even on regular Twitter. We're still gonna be running questions and just in general asking for feedback and whatnot. So without further ado, we have a question from James at Mad Dog TTU. What's your prediction for Tech baseball this season? And I'm gonna be honest, from a baseball standpoint, I am not a major expert. I do know. The Tech's outfield this season kind of went through a big, pretty major revamp. Obviously, the pitching rotations been a little bit compromised this season compared to years past. And you're going to have to work out a lot of new details with new starters on pretty much every day. But certainly, the talent level on this team is incredible. Obviously, you've got Young, Jace Young coming back. You've got just a lot of talent in the batting lineup. And I think we've seen that the, last, the first few games. The offense... When it's going, you have a lot of hitting talent. I think the pitching talent as well, you've seen in the games against Dallas Baptist, just being able to have opportune closing time, just being really good at sort of closing out games. And defensively, I mean, that's been something that's been inconsistent the last few years for Tech. Certainly the new outfield doesn't necessarily help. And you don't really have a standout pitcher as of now. I mean, you have a lot of guys that have looked pretty good over the first few games, but this is something where Tech's baseball team is about as inexperienced as they've been over the last few years and sort of the national rankings reflect that as do the start of the season you went one and two in the opening tournament of the year and then obviously you've had a couple wins over Dallas Baptist but this is a team that if all things go right I think obviously you want to end up in Omaha I think that's a little bit of a stretch at this point it's too early to really tell for me I would say that as kind of a casual baseball fanism now, I would say that being able to find your way into just being a being a super regional team would be kind of the goal. Obviously, last year, that's where your season ended up ending. And in the past, that's been a good parameter for success. I mean, only 16 teams get that far every season. So to essentially get to the baseball equivalent of the Sweet 16 in a season where you have a lot of new faces, obviously... Jae Young is the undisputed best player on this team and is probably going to be a first round pick. So it kind of sucks to have a team that isn't as raw and inexperienced around him. And certainly, this is a team that can get better as the season goes on. I'm expecting that. Actually, I think that you're going to have a lot of different outlook on things now compared to what you're going to see in early May. But for me, this team's it's a learning experience. There's a lot of talent on the team. You've seen some potential the first few games. I think that you're going to see more potential, more. Kind of rough spots, but I mean, it's going to be a fun baseball season. You're still a top 25 team, still, like I mentioned, have a lot of talent in the lineup and on the roster in general. And just in general, this is a team that can accomplish a lot. I trust him to have luck, I trust the talent that he's brought in, and the recruiting class the last couple of years has been really good. And obviously, you don't quite have the senior led leadership that you've seen over the last few years, whether it be the 2019 team that was absolutely stacked with guys or the 2018 team that had guys like guys like Gabe Hole and Grant Little and guys that just really you sort of got to see them grow for multiple years together but regardless this is going to be a good team don't know if it's going to be quite as good as some of the more recent tech teams I'm a little bit less optimistic but obviously I'm not quite as well versed on baseball as some other guys out there but Certainly, this is, some, this is a team that has a lot of potential. I'll, I'll go and set my expectation as making it to the Super Regional Weekend again, and anything beyond that is going to be just playing with house money. But thank you for the question at Mad Dog TTU, James. And going to the next question that we ended up having, this one's a little bit more up my alleyway. i um, had just talking basketball again. This one's from live Hard at live hard Now Live underscore hard underscore now. I brought this up last night in the chat. Is there a way to figure out where we rank on three-point field goal fouls? Also thoughts on some of the the seemingly bizarre offensive lineups we had on Monday night. And so first off, on three-point field goal fouls, I'm not sure exactly where to find that. I'm sure that there are people out there keeping track, whether it be with shot quality or whether it be with sort of internal stuff. But it's obviously, obviously something if I was to look far enough, the numbers would probably be out there, whether it be in a paywall or whether it be sort of private information. But I will say I've noticed Tech has fouled a fair bit on threes this year, and it's usually about once every game or two, probably like two times every three games if I had to put a rate on it. But certainly you've seen it, especially in conference play, kind of rear its ugly head. But I think this is just sort of a byproduct of how aggressive you've played closeout defense and how Really, throughout the season, you've been so good at rotating for so much of the time that sometimes you have guys that just get a little bit overzealous. I think Davion Warren, for example, is one guy that is really good at closing out, really aggressive, can sort of make life miserable for guys that he's closing out on. But occasionally he steps too far. Same thing with Clint Eastwood, really good defensive player, plays with hard effort and energy all the time, but occasionally just steps maybe a little bit too far and it's not a bad thing per se. I think that obviously you don't want to be making those fouls, but it's just something that comes along with playing such an aggressive style of defense. And in general, I mean, I'd rather have guys occasionally cross the line closing out than not be aggressive enough closing out, because we see quite a few teams in the nation that are really bad at defending the three and they have the issue of just simply not closing out enough. And thankfully tech's had a couple of games, where teams scorched them from downtown, but the aggressiveness and quickness of the closeout just prevent that from happening most of the time. Moving on to the second part of your question, though, talking about the lineups, and it's still something that confuses me because we saw K.J. Allen for really, I believe it was 19 minutes on Monday night, and that is shocking. Even with Daniel Bacho out, even with kind of the lineups that Kansas State was running and going a little bit small, seeing K.J. Allen as a second big out there for 19 minutes really was Pretty surprising to me. It's one of those things that I probably would not have done as coach, but Mark Adams seemingly knew what he was doing with that it was an intentional move. And I mean that's probably that's kind of the crux of everything because when you get again back into it, there's some things that happen that were abnormal. Obviously, TJ Shannon didn't play that much, but he's been dealing with a back injury reportedly, kind of flared up again on Monday night. You had Kevin O'Banner not playing much, but again, that's a byproduct of KJ Allen. You had a lineup that had Clarence and Buzo playing in it together, in addition to KJ, and I think that that's sort of where the strange lineup sort discussion sort of stemmed from. And I think that if you just had Nadomly and Buzo playing together, it wouldn't be so strange. But you add in KJ, and then you add in as well that I believe neither TJ or Bryson Williams were on the court at the time. And it was just a very strange sort of dynamic and. Unfortunately, Tech got outscored with that lineup, so it wasn't like a stroke of genius or anything. But just in general, this is something that to monitor. I'm not overly concerned about the lineup. Mark Adams knows what he's doing. The hockey switches I've seen some people complain about them over the last day or two, and I just want to say that that's something that Tech has been using really since 2018. Even with the guys like Keenan Evans or Zach Smith, they would be rotating in and out every couple of minutes. So. That part I'm not worried about. It's just in general, the ability to kind of bring KJ Allen. And I think Kansas State exploited it defensively in the second half. And it was a little bit confusing why we kept going to it. But I mean, I trust Mark Adams. I think that at the end of the day, if things aren't working out, he'll make the adjustment. I hope we see Kevin O'Banner more. I think it's important to get him back into rhythm. I'm interested to see how it plays along in Stillwater. I think that you're going to see maybe a slightly shorter rotation as we gear up in the tournament play, but this is going to be interesting to see just how many minutes guys like KJ or guys like Buzo end up getting, but certainly a lot to like, even with the lineups being somewhat sketchy at times. I think that if you can work on the offense and get it flowing well, so water, there's a lot to like about this team. And regardless, like I mentioned earlier, you're kind of playing on house money when it comes to this weekend in the conference tournament, just because you're already more or less locked into the three seed, and the only, only place you can go is up on both counts. But Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow. I really appreciate the support you guys have given. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Eraser41. You can follow Ryan at Armino LBK. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter account at Locked on Ttu, where you'll continuously see our new episodes every single day of the week. And we appreciate the support. Continue gaining subscribers on YouTube, and we appreciate all the reviews and Subscriptions and just adding us to your feed, we appreciate all of that and just all that it means to us. And we're looking forward to the next couple of weeks. We have a lot of tournament previews and coverage coming up, whether it be for the Big 12 tournament or for the NCAA tournament. But regardless, we appreciate hearing from you guys and having you guys listen every single day. But, anyways, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'll make your second list in Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever wherever you get podcasts. I will see you next week, but Ryan will see you tomorrow. Thank you and have a good day.